The following was recorded at New Church in Ventura, California. Pastor Jesse Giglio is speaking. Today I want to talk a little bit about giving. And, and almost giving can be scary in church, like, oh no, the church giving talk. But, but giving is so much more than money. It's so much more than how we kind of manage our, our, our dollars and, and where we give and how we spend. Though that is part of it. It's part of how we live. But really more holistically, how we, how we engage the world around us, how we engage others through generous living, through our generosity. I think sometimes in, you know, in churches, like, you know, giving, you know, we make giving weird. Like, giving's not weird, whether that's your time, talents, resourcing. We make it weird. You know, we make that kind of stuff weird. It's really not weird. It's part of how we are, we are called and designed to live on this planet Earth is in our ability, capacity to share and live with one another through, through generosity. I was, uh, I, I was at a, my first baseball game as a kid. I was, um, I think I'm probably about second or third grade, and and a kid in my class, I grew up in a really small town, and I probably had, oh man, four to six other guys in my class, boys in my class as I was growing up through elementary. And uh, and this one kid who who I wasn't really friends with, but when there's, it's that small, you kind of know everybody, uh, invited me to a Phillies game. And uh, he was a, a a sweet kid. He's He lived with his grandma, just had a tough background and and probably it was it was harder for him socially to connect even in our small group uh he invited me to philly's game which i had never been to a baseball game eventually you know i got involved in sports and did that but at that time in my life we didn't we lived a little far away from the city and uh, my dad you know was different season of life with work and we just didn't do that and so he invited me to this this baseball game and i i kind of i mean i knew loosely what a baseball game was but this wasn't part of my my existence at that time. And uh, I went home and, and, you know, asked my mom if I can go to the Phillies game with, with Sean. And I was kind of hoping she would say no. And she said, sure. I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs> you ever have those things where you hope there's an out? Like, let me check my calendar. Oh, shoot, it's open. And, uh, and I said, all right, I'll go to the Phillies game with, with Sean. And I grew up in South Jersey uh, on the shore. And, you know, the Phillies are obviously in, in Philadelphia. And uh, so it's a little bit of a journey and a little bit of a drive, and it was all new to me. The, the drive out there was uh, was new. The, you know, going to a game was new. And he picks me up with his grandma, and I, you know, I get out of my house and go to his car. And man, I get in the you know get in the car. I see him in the front seat. He's waving. Like, he's in the full like Phillies gear. Like he has the jersey on, the hat. He has a batter's glove on one hand, a fielder's glove in the other. I'm like, are we going to play a baseball game? Like, what is happening here? You know, I'm in like my Oshkosh gosh dungarees and. We got a pack of Wrigley's gum and two dollars in my pocket. Like I, I, you know, I didn't know. My mom sent me out the door with my my lunchbox, and you know, I'm off to the Phillies game. And you know, we get there, and it's just all the just insanity of of walking into a ballpark as a kid. It was an old ballpark, and, and it was just super fun. And, and you know, he's such a fan. He and his grandma were big fans. We got there real early, and we're there for batting practice and fielders. And you know, we're down like hanging over the wall. And I'm just kind of like taking all this this in. There's all these people yelling, and and their jerseys are on, and they're trying to get a ball from somebody. And you know, he's far over, and he knows everybody's names. And, and you know, you know the the fans. But man, it was impressive for like a you know watching a nine year old go at it like this. And I, you know, I couldn't believe it. You know, the, their guys are fielding and, and they're getting called in. And one of the dudes like looks up in, in the field and he throws a ball to Sean. And Sean catches the ball in his glove and, you know, he's grinning. And, you know, his kid's just like licking his lips and he's just like taking it all in. And, and I was sort of like, wow, that was cool. And then he gives me the ball. He says, hey, take it. And here's the ball. And I'm like, really? Like, 
was like, yeah, yeah, man, take it. It's like your first game. And I, and I was so like moved by that in the moment. But, but here's the thing. I didn't really know that much about what that meant at the time. I was like, oh, this is cool. And I went home with the, with the souvenir ball. And, I, and I've seen this a couple other times if you've been to some sporting events. Uh, very, every now and then, you know, some an adult will catch one and I'll see him hand it to a kid. And I think it's such a cool move. And we were at a Padres game a number of years ago with my kids. And we're, we're you know, just enjoying the game. And at one point, they, down in San Diego, and they, you know, someone came out. And it was that time where they're like, you know, they're shooting things out of the guns, you know, like T-shirts and hot dogs or whatever. And, this, you know, the guy's going around and they're, they shoot and they're shooting stuff out and you're yelling. Like, you know, in those moments, you don't really know if you want the thing or need the thing, but if it's free and they're shooting out of a gun, you want the thing. Like, I want the thing. Like, what is it? And, and they shoot someone in this section. And this guy like reaches up and grabs this t-shirt, his Padres t-shirt. And then he, he, he looks over at us. He turns around and he gives it to one of my boys. And I was like, man, that is such a cool move. It's such a cool like a way to sort of impact those around you, those sort of sorts of generosity. And I'm not sure if I'm that guy, you know, I'm the guy who's like fighting little kids out of the way to get the thing. Like, I'd like to be that guy. Because at the end of the day, like, you know, do you really need the t-shirt? No, but, but when, you, when you're generous and you share something with someone, it's, it's almost more about, about that moment. And as I've kind of like grown through, especially, you know, through baseball games, I've begun to see how rare it is that you get a ball from the field. Like, it doesn't just happen every game. And so as I've sort of grown, like, I, I still think of this moment, like, man, that kid gave me a ball. I don't know if he ever got another ball. Maybe he did. But I don't think he was worried about that. He just felt like in that moment, like, man, I had this guest at this game. It's his first game. Let me just be generous. And he gave me the ball. I mean, I've been through, you know, I don't know how many games in my life. I've never got another ball. The only other ball I got, I stole from the Dodgers front office at spring training one year. It's for another time. But I gave it to my brother. Gave it to my little brother because Sean gave me a ball, so I stole the ball from my brother. Um, but, but it was awesome, and I think about that in, in so many gifts, right? We don't always appreciate it in the moment. I, I think of that especially when you, when you, you reflect sometimes on your, on your parents. I know we have different upbringings, but, you know, I, I appreciate more now at this stage of my life some of the things my parents did and some of the sacrifices they made and the time they spent and, and the, you know, money they spent on uniforms and, and driving us around and, you know, going to work and spending time with us. So you appreciate that almost later on, you sort of, you see this sort of, the gift sort of grows. And there's this moment, I think, for many of us where we receive God's grace, and some of us are still processing that or wondering what that means. And there's a moment I know, like, man, that was, it's awesome when you first feel like there's a God and he loves me and, and I'm, I'm forgiven, and, and it's a sort of beautiful story. But really, you know, for me, it's, it's over time and it's growth that you come to understand the depths of your own brokenness and you, and you begin to understand the magnitude of what God has done for you. Like, as you grow into you, you get to see that gift a little differently. Like, when I got the ball at the game, I was like, oh, this is cool, a baseball. But, man, as I've kind of even, I'm still thinking, you know, thinking about it this week, you know, 30 years later, and that was a really cool thing to do, was handing that over. We all have stuff that we hang on to. I have a, I, I'm a little bit of a, I guess I'm a little bit of a closet nerd because I have Star Wars toys, unopened Star Wars toys in my closet. And they're little figures and they're like, I don't know, I don't even know who they are always anymore, but I knew they were important at one time. And, you know, a few years ago, I started like releasing them to my kids because it's kind of like you save stuff. I mean, I don't know if you've, I had baseball cards, if you guys had any of that stuff. And at some point, you keep these things. So, like, at some, someday I'm going to give them to my kids. But, I'm like, my kids are getting older. And, like, I still haven't given them the stuff away. <laughs> like, what am I waiting for? 
Like, this is the time. And so I start to release the stuff. And it was a little bit like, oh, man, are they going to take care of it? Are they going to lose it? Are they going to appreciate it? And I don't know. I don't know where some of those things are they took. It doesn't really matter. But that's sort of the act of giving, a, just giving away. We don't always control what happens to it on the other side. But that moment of sort of generosity. And, you know, I still have some of this stuff. And I'm like, it's harder to release the less you have. But that's where generosity kicks in. And, I, and this is a kind of a quote borrowed from Shane Claiborne and some others that said some similar stuff. But generosity is not measured by how much you give, but how much you have left. It's about how much you have left. How much are you willing to give away? How much are you willing to sort of spend out there? And that's, that's time, that's resources. Maybe that's your baseball cards or Star Wars figures or whatever that is. When you have a huge stockpile and you kind of give one away, but man, like, all right, like, let me just keep giving this stuff away. Let me keep just spending it and see, and see what happens. A few years back, we were down in a, a, a Mexico. This is, this is actually probably a while back now, a Mexico mission trip with the family. And uh, my daughter was there. It was a little girl at the time, Bella. And this is one of those, those great moments of, of life. And, you know, you go down to a, a trip like that, and the kids, like, you know, you're not going to bring all your stuff, but you can bring one, one toy with you, one thing, like bring your favorite thing. And, and if you have kids, you, you know, you kind of, sometimes they rotate that. Sometimes it's the same one forever. And, and, and my boys still, you know, I kind of know what their things were. I'm not going to embarrass them now. But, and my daughter had her stuff. And so they all bring their one thing down. And, and that's what they kind of hang on to uh, during a trip. And we're down playing at this orphanage, Door Faith, where we're going in October now for this community. Uh, and Door Faith, we're hanging out. And it's just a playground. It's kind of free form. And Bella's out there. There's this little girl. And she's got her um, Penny Pineapple doll. Was Penny Pineapple, right? And I was trying to look it up this week. But Penny Pineapple is this little doll. And we're hanging out with these kids. And she makes friends with this little girl out in the playground. And she gives her her Penny Pineapple doll. Like, it was her one Penny Pineapple doll. It was her favorite thing that she brought on the trip. But even at her young age, sort of noticed, like, well, this girl doesn't have that, doesn't have as much. And she gave, she gave it away. And it was just really, she doesn't really remember, but this is the proudest moment for me. I was like, my gosh, like that is, that's the thing, to give it away. And she doesn't know if she's going to get another one. She doesn't have a backup at the house. Right? She doesn't have money to go buy another one. I was like, you know what? In this moment, this is the right thing to do. And when God, when you think about the gospel, when God sent his son to spend his life for us while he walked and died and rose again, it wasn't like, well, I got other sons. See, I got one son. I got one guy. I'm going to spend him on you. I'm going to send him to be born of flesh and blood and to walk the earth and, 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 and to suffer and to die. And that gift is something, again, it, it just sometimes takes a while to appreciate. Because God, if you think about him, he's got lots of stuff. Everything else he has lots of, but he only had one son. And that's what he gave. That's what he spent on you and I. There's this little story in, in Luke uh, 21, and Jesus is, is hanging around the temple, and he's with his disciples, and he's, and he's teaching them about sort of life and godliness and, and even to some extent corruption and the religious brokenness of the world. And it says Jesus, Jesus looked up. He saw uh, Luke 21, 1. Jesus looked up. He saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. And, and this was a, um, a practice of the time. And, and there was the religious sacrifice and penances were all very public. 
Um, and you would go and, and kind of show off your giving your tithes and, and the more noise you can make while you're doing it, the better. And if you can give a ton of money, like you, know, you made sure everybody knew about it and, and the rich would come and make kind of a big scene about how much they would give. And the rich would put their gifts in the temple treasury. And you also saw a poor widow put two very small copper coins in. These were mites. They were this, like a penny. They, were, they eventually almost were out of circulation at the time. There's still a few of them around in, in this day. And this widow comes up, she puts in two very small coins. And Jesus says to his, his followers, his disciples, his, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she out of her poverty put in all she had to live on. And he said, look at, look at this situation. Because we got these people who are just giving tons away. But they have tons and they're making a big deal about it. And this woman over here, she doesn't have much. But her heart's in it and she just gives it all. Because these other guys, they had a lot left, right? Because generosity is not just about what you give, it's how much you have left. And these guys had plenty left. But this woman didn't have hardly anything left. And there's also a commentary to be had on this, maybe for another time, about the corruption of this system and why she should even have to do that. But he points out her heart and whether she, was, she should have been doing it or not. She, her heart is like, all right, this is what I got. This is what I've got. This is all she had. And I don't know, there's a moment in there if she just feels obligation, if she's a little bit ashamed of what she has. So all these other people look different. They have more. They're giving more. They have higher status. Clothes are better. Maybe they have families and homes. And here's this widow who publicly comes and presents herself what she had. And I love that because I think today, it, there's sort of almost this curse here. I, I could speak to America in the West. Man, the more we have, because we have a lot of stuff here, like we have more than everybody else in the world, but the people we look at in our lives are the people who we think have more than us. Like you have more than, you know, 99.9, the stuff you pay attention to is, oh man, they got more money than me. They got a bigger house. They got more vacation time, nicer car. And we kind of get caught in that place. The more we have, there's still this curse that, and we all kind of can identify with, like, you never feel like you have enough. There's always someone who else who has more. And it kind of, I think it's, it it's, makes us sort of stagnant in our, in our generosity because we're always kind of fighting to try to get to that next place. And I think God's heart and, you know, his spirit, he transforms us to let that go. And if you've got one coin or two coins, like, Whatever. It's a heart issue. It always has been for God. And we live with this sort of brokenness that we never have enough. It's sort of this curse and the abundance that we have, but we still, for some reason, don't feel like we have enough. And this woman, she put aside, you know, pride and ego, and she was just doing what she believed was the best she could to honor God to drop the coins in. And when I purchased Amy's engagement ring, this is, man, 20, 21 years ago, I had no money. I was 20 years old, 20 years old, I guess, maybe 21. And um, I was 20, almost 21. And, and I had no money. And like, I had no money. I was like, I had like 20 year old no money. Like, sometimes adults are like, oh, we're really struggling. We don't really have any money right now. But you know, you have four cars and a boat, and you'll, you'll be in Europe all summer. You know, people like that. Maybe you are that person. Like, it's just like, oh, we don't, you know, but I had no money. Like, I, I didn't know if I had money. Like, I checked the ATM to see if I had money. Like, is there any money in here? <laughs> Because I didn't have any. I was, I was in Bible school. I was doing missions. I had a little bit of support that would come in, you know, like 100 bucks here and there, like once a month. It's just sort of like kind of live. And so I really had to check. Like, I don't know. I mean, do I have money? 
and I, and I, and I, you know, was in love with Amy and, and I'm still in love with Amy and, and I was in love with Amy at the time. And, and but I knew like I needed in, you know, some kind of engagement ring and, and, um, and I didn't really know about like engagement rings. I was, I, I grew up with all boys and, uh, I, I just, I don't know how you learn about that stuff. Maybe now I, we didn't have the internet when I was that age or anything or Pinterest or Instagram. So, but I knew there was, you know, I knew enough that there was supposed to be an engagement ring and I didn't know how much they cost. I mean, I knew they were kind of expensive. I, I don't even know if I knew like, oh, it's this month's salary or a year or two months, but it didn't matter. I had no money. So whatever you multiplied it by, it wasn't going to make a difference. And, you know, I, I kind of go into this, this store, like the mall, you know, you know, I go to the mall to go to the jewelry store because I knew they had jewelry stores and kind of, you know, walk around the, the stuff. And like, I, I didn't know if I could even get close or was one, were they $50 or $50,000? And, and, you know, I, you know, I, I go and I, I find this, this little ring and it was, you know, $300. And, uh, I wasn't sure I had that much, much money. So I, I thought, well, maybe that's, that seems like reasonable. And I, you know, I saw it and I left and, and went and checked the ATM and I didn't have it. So I had to wait a little bit and, you know, I had to save up for the $300 engagement ring. And I bought the, you know, I bought this engagement ring and, and I proposed to Amy on, uh, you know, her birthday that year. And I, you know, I got down on one knee and, you know, in that moment, like she doesn't get the engagement ring and think, oh man, this is a small engagement ring. This is like, how much was this thing? $300? Like, I didn't matter. It was what I had at the time, and it was more about the heart and the love and the moment. And when we serve and we give and we're generous toward one another and toward the church and toward God and toward our neighbor, it comes from the heart. It comes from a healthy place. It doesn't matter what the thing is. If you're giving it out of, the, out of your best. You know, and honestly, I mean, it was years before I came to see that, man, engagement rings are supposed to be fat rocks. Like, I didn't know. It wasn't that peer pressure of the time of seeing everybody else's. I didn't know it wasn't on, you know, Facebook and Instagram and everything else. And, I'm, you know, I'm glad I didn't know. I'm really glad because I would have been more insecure about it. But the time I didn't carry that insecurity because I just felt like this is what I have. This is what I'm doing. I love this girl. She loves me. Isn't that enough? And shouldn't that still be enough? But man, we just get caught up of looking around and, and, and what, our, what we can do or not do. Or even people in the church, well, I could never do that. They're better, they're better at that than me, and they have more time than me and more money, and they're, they're more gifted. Don't worry about that. It's about stepping out and giving from your heart. Proverbs 11, 24, 25 reads this. <clears throat> Proverbs is a tremendous book of wisdom in the Bible. Give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others themselves will be refreshed. The writer saying, give freely and you will become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. And we always think of wealth in terms of money. Wealth is more, more than just money. How you live your life in a full life. Is it fulfilling? You feel healthy? Is it full of love? Laughter, right? So you give freely. You will become more wealthy. You will be filled up. If you give away, you will be filled up. If you just hoard, you get self-protected, and you got to try to keep up with everybody else, you're going to lose. So you're going to lose everything. Because I think you lose joy. You lose kindness. You lose connection with people as you pull back and just start to hoard. And we've talked about this here, and we think talk about giving. You are as generous with a little as you would be with a lot. You are as generous with a little as you would be with a lot. In biblical generosity, when we talk about it, it's, it's, they, 
they would always think about scattering seed and how much you would put into the ground and, and, and hopefully to increase your harvest. If you're generous with the seed, and just be generous with that seed. Put it out there. And we never lose when we give generously to God and his work. There's so much more to that sort of, again, wealth and money. Right? You talk about your life. But it's easy when we think about, oh, you know, well, if I were Bill Gates, yeah, I would give away money too. If you don't now, you probably wouldn't then. Because we all have been there. If I only made more money, I would be able to give more. But man, you make more money, you spend more money. Your stuff all goes up. Everything just goes up. Yeah, if I had more time, I'd volunteer. Like, I don't know, you might take up another hobby and do something else. Maybe get another job, maybe, you know, go boating. If you don't do it now with what you have, why do you think you would do it later if you, if you had more? Because you would just sort of, it just sort of scales up. And I'm talking about myself, too. I've been in the same place. Oh, yeah, you know, if I, once I just start making a little more, then I can give a little more. I don't know. Just start with what you have. Give out of what you have. Wow, if only this. Man, it's so easy to think that. You're as generous with the little as you would be with a lot. And for God, it doesn't matter how many zeros are next to it. How many hours? Like, are you giving out of a good place in your heart that's stretching you a little bit? Because giving, when we give, and, and this, the writer talks about this, it's not just about helping someone else. It's about the transformation of our own souls. I know when you serve, when you give, anyone's done mission trips. Do you ever feel bad after coming back from a mission trip? Do you ever feel like, oh, that was a waste of time? Wish I didn't spend that money. I mean, maybe if you had a really bad one. But it's because it, it makes sense. And when we go on to those experiences, we touch something. Wow, like, I feel so much more fulfilled. And I feel so much more grateful. And I feel like I want to do so much more for the world. The Bible, uh, much of the Bible takes place around this specific region in the Middle East. And uh, here's a map of that, Troy, um, the Jordan River. And, and it's divided by the Jordan River. And so this is, you know, Jerusalem down toward the bottom of the screen. Galilee's up toward the top. And you've got Egypt a little, little bit below and Samaria. And so, you know, Jesus' walk and through, throughout the Old Testament, they're traveling up and down these, this area. And this River Jordan flows uh, north and south uh, about 156 miles from Sea of Galilee down to down to this, this Dead Sea here. And the Dead Sea, if you know anything about it, it's this kind of interesting phenomenon on Earth. It, it sits about 1,400 feet below sea level. So it's, it's way low. And it's just this super salty, like hypersaline water. And, uh, and it might be fun. You see pictures like people will float in it and maybe put mud on your face or whatever. But aside from that, you know, it can be nice to look at. I actually have the picture of a Dead Sea it's kind of nice to look at. So it's kind of a cool-looking thing. If you've ever been to, anyone been to the Salt Lakes in, in, uh, outside Utah, they're, they're kind of cool-looking. They're nice to look at, but nothing can live there. Nothing can live there. The salt content kills off all life. And in fact, in, in, in the case of the Jordan and, and the Galilee and that sea, like when the rains would come, it would, it would, it would move life down the river, and, and actually the Dead Sea would become a little bit of a death trap. It would just die. Because the Dead Sea... There's no flow out of it. It just goes down into it, and it just sits there. And I've been to the Salt Lake. We were there a few summers ago, and, uh, and it was fun to see. We went out to it, and there's, like, this island. There's buffalo roaming around and stuff. It's a very interesting, cool little park. But we go down to the Salt Lake to see the sea, and it, it looks kind of like that. It's really cool. But you get, a, you get closer to it, and it, like, smells really bad. 
There's thousands of gnats everywhere. There's seaweed that's muddy. Like, it kind of is nice from a distance. Like, man, that thing's nasty. I still got in it and floated. I mean, I had to. <laughs> it was fun for a moment, but the kids wouldn't. But it's, but it's sort of this idea, like, yeah, it kind of looks from the outside, but there's no flow. There's no outpouring. There's no refreshing of it. And this, this proverb talks about this, the refreshing, the watering. And I see, by contrast, that Sea of Galilee up there, like, it's flowing. There's water coming in and there's water going out. It moves. And the Sea of Galilee thrives. I mean, there's hundreds of millions of birds migrate across Israel every year. There's all these different species that hang out. The Dead Sea is no place for plants or animals. There's no pouring out of it. It just sits in there. It just sits. And in this verse, when, when the author talks about refreshing, those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. I think is so key for so many of us, especially when you're going through a hard time. It's just easier to, it's easy to sort of like bottle yourself up and I don't have energy for anybody else. It's just all about me now. I'm going with it so hard for me. But the wisdom of this author says, listen, keep pouring yourself out and it will fill you up. Keep spending yourself on others. Keep refreshing others and you will be refreshed. There will be flow into you. As you pour out, there will be something being poured in because God does it. His spirit moves. And, and, and it's easy to kind of sit like that sea and like, man, I just got to be careful. I'm not going to be able to do anything right now. Got to be real protective. And I'm not saying don't be mindful of your own capacity. But when we get into that self-preservation and hoarding of time and talents and resources, we just get stagnant. But it's not designed that way. You end up kind of like the Dead Sea. It just sort of sits there. And you wonder why you feel kind of stale. Why your relationships feel a little off. Why your relationship with God just feels like, ah, eh, it's not really there. Like, what are you doing to pour out? Because he who refreshes others will be refreshed. And this, and this idea of refresh, it's this, this uh, Hebrew word, revah, and it's, it's to satiate, it's to fill, and, and it, it's, it's really to like, um, almost like over the top, like just giving away. And we talk about, and it'd be in terms of watering. It's like, man, just saturate that. And I was like, man, if you saturate other people with your love, with your kindness, with your generosity, you're going to be filled up. And we're designed for that flow. And I know what it feels like to want to sort of hide back. And like, I don't have time for any more people in my life. I can't take that thing on. I can't serve. I can't give. But you don't usually grow out of that point, those places by continuing to move back. As you step out, like, I'm going to take a deep breath. I'm just going to love on that person, even though I don't feel great. I know it will be refreshing to them. I'm just going to deep, dig deep down. I'm going to, like, blow, spend 50 bucks on giving it away to something. I'm going to try to bless somebody. And you'll be, you will be refreshed. You will be filled up. Sometimes that's just a simple stuff, and I, I you know, it's serving, and it's, it's giving, and it's, you know, I see people all the time, and I work at the brewery a few days a week, and there's something about buying somebody a beer that just refreshes the person, and I don't know what it is, but when I, people come up there, like, oh, he's like, oh, I got you, man, I go, oh, I got you, I'll take care of you, like, really? Like, yeah, no problem. Like, it just is like, there are people, you could see it happening all shift long. There's this refreshing and people get up there and like, oh, together, separate. They're like, oh, it's kind of awkward, like, uh, separate, I guess. You know? But when you give away, 
it just changes the dynamic of what's happening. And especially, I don't know, it's a little thing like a beer, $6, but the value of that just feels so much higher. Oh, thank you. That's so nice. I mean, people pick up a tabs at dinner or something, right? I mean, that was super nice. It's these little actions in our lives. Sending somebody a text, a call, a card. Like, hey, how are you, how are you doing? I've just been thinking about you. Anything I could do to help? How can I pray for you? Little moments. Even though you feel like, man, I need someone to pray for me. Listen, we all need someone to pray for us. We all have that stuff. He refreshes others. Himself will be refreshed. I'm going to have a music worship team come back up. We'll, we'll close out today. <clears throat> God, we thank you for who you are, for your stories, uh, for your generosity, God. And, and Lord, this is a, a season, a lifetime area of growth, this understanding that your generosity, God, and what you've done for us and what you continue to do for us through your Son and through your Spirit. But I pray for those who just need refreshing right now, God. Uh, I pray that you would start that in their soul. You would help them to see that they can, re- if they, as they refresh others, they themselves will be refreshed. And Lord, help us to be people who are looking after the other, God. Help us to have that spirit flow in and out, Lord. May our time, our talents, our resources flow in and out, God. Thank you for this church community. Help us to understand what it means to live generously. In Jesus' name, amen. You have been listening to Pastor Jesse Giglio, recorded at New Church in Ventura, California. For more information about New Church, go to N-E-U-E-C-H-U-R-C-H dot com. Again, that web address is N-E-U-E-C-H-U-R-C-H dot com. Thank you for listening, and may God bless you and yours.